Welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. God is just so good, isn't he? So we had a great service last Sunday with baby dedications. And today I'm going to start us off the theme for our church. Sorry, and just to recap, January, um, we were doing one-hour services. So I'm going to keep this to 20 minutes. And uh, we're doing shorter services in January. And then um, we're back to normal in Feb. But what is normal? What God says. Um, so the theme for Echo Church, the theme of this year is sent ones. Last year, the theme was others. The year before, the theme was together. This year, it is sent ones. And um, I'm going to start unpacking that this morning. And we're going to share throughout the year on this theme and what that means to us as a church and how that works um, to individuals and how it all plays out. So I'm going to kick us off today, if that's all right. And um, I'm just really excited with how God has just placed this theme and, and in our church and how he's working it through over the coming, coming year. Is that all right? So today I'm glad he'll mention familiar because today I'm going to share on a passage that I feel like as a church, as every church, we talk on a lot and um, I'm just going to do it again if that's all right. I've got from this passage seven points. Now, you might just freak out and go, seven points is a lot. It is a lot. They're like two minutes. So don't worry. You're not going to be here for an hour hearing my voice. I'm going to just share some highlights from this passage that I really felt like God wanted to, to release in this theme, Sent Ones, if that's all right. So I'm going to read, it's John chapter 4. I'm going to read the first 42 verses. It's a lot. So the words are going to be on the screen and then we're going to unpack it and, and just really challenge ourselves. Is that all right? So God, I thank you that you're in the room and that you speak and we're saying yes to you. Amen. John chapter 4, here we go. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard, I'm going to do my best not to get distracted in the sense that I'm going to want to talk on things. So I'm just going to read this whole thing out because already I want to stop, but I'm not going to. Um, so here we go. Now, Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptising more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptised but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Just in your own time, ponder those few verses. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, Sychar, you do it, um, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there and Jesus, tired, um, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "'Will you give me a drink?' His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God who, is, who it is that asks you for drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw from the well and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than, the, than our father Jacob who gave us this well to drink from himself as did also his sons and the flocks and herds? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks from this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink from the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will be, become 
in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I don't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right. Um, when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you are now with is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but the Jews claim that the place where you must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come that the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah um, called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to her, to us. Then Jesus declared, I am the one you're speaking to. I am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, those who reap draw their wages. Even now, their harvest, they harvest the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper must, uh, may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and the other reaps is true. I sent you to reap and you have not worked for. Others will have done the hard work and you will have reaped the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He said everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. We, sorry, now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. What an incredible passage of the Bible. And I know we've talked about the women of the world so many times. There's so much gold in that story and in that passage. But as I was praying for this morning and I was praying about sent ones and praying about where God wanted to start this year and this theme off as a church, I really felt in my spirit that he reminded me, look up, see the harvest is there and that passage and I went and found it and as I read it I read it and I went hang on a minute this is in the context of the woman at the well and I'd never put two and two together I knew the story of the woman in the well and I knew the passage of look up see the harvest is ready and I knew those two are separate 
stories, separate passages, but not intertwined, but they're linked together. So as I've been studying this passage and reading it over and over and reading the commentaries and the Greek and looking into it, I went, oh my goodness, this is so much more powerful than I ever realised before. So this morning, I just wanted to open it up to all of you to show you just some keys in that, that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't, but I believe Holy Spirit is going to bring a freshness to this and awakening in our life that this year, 2020 is going to be, 2022 is going to be a year where we see God's hand on our lives as we step out and release His kingdom wherever we go. The first part I want to talk about is Jesus spoke to the woman with respect. That's all around verse 7. There's a few verses in there where Jesus spoke to her with respect. He knew everything she'd done. She knew, he knew her life. She was a woman in the middle of the day with no one else. He knew that she was an outcast. No one wanted to be with her, but yet he still spoke to her with respect and with honour. He still gave her that, um, he still gave her that time of day. And it challenges me to go sometimes people that are rude to me, sometimes people that, you know, aren't very kind. It's very hard for me to still give them respect and honour. Sometimes people that have wronged my friends or people that have made bad choices. I'm like Hillary. I like to plan. I'm, 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 I like to be in control. I just admitted to that. But I like things done a certain way. And when people step out of that, I can sometimes go, I don't understand Therefore, you're wrong and I'm right. (laughs) But that's okay because I'm on a journey. And here Jesus, knowing full well she was in the wrong, knowing full well her life is completely messed up, didn't put his assumptions and his expectations and his thoughts on her. He just showed her respect and love. And every day we get that opportunity with people in our life to just show them honour, treat them with respect. Even when they stink with attitude or physically stink, we still get to treat them with respect. And sometimes it's hard, but hey, that's the example we we get to live by. That's the challenge that we get to live by. The second thing I want to note here is Jesus. He went straight to the core of the issue in verse 16. He said, go and get your husband. He knew she wasn't married and she'd had five husbands. He went straight to the court and he didn't make a big deal of it. He didn't point out, go get your partner because you've got five failed marriages and let me then talk to the two of you. He went to the core with grace. He went to the core issue with kindness. He pointed out the very thing, the very thing that is going on that's condemned her in her society, that's made her an outcast. He brings it up in front of her. And she had a couple of different responses she could have taken. She could have lied and said, I don't have a husband, which was true, but in the context, it could have been, you know, misleading. She could have said, nah, nah, I'm all right. I don't want him. She could have said a number of things, but in fact, she said, what you're saying is true. Because Jesus spoke with kindness, because Jesus didn't manipulate, because Jesus didn't try and get something out of a situation for His own agenda, He spoke on her level, on her terms with kindness. And out of that, she was able to respond with, you're right, a soft, open heart. A heart that made what Jesus, Jesus's ministry, what He was going to do next, it was an open platform. He was able then to take time and minister to her because of his kindness in that instance. How many times do we as humanity like to point out when people are wrong? 
And it's not always out of kindness. Where we like to point out, no, no, you're wrong. You need to do it this way. Or no, no, don't do that. Or do it this, do it like this. But Jesus in the midst of, of a situation got to the core of the issue with kindness and as a result saw breakthrough. What an encouragement and a challenge for us in the way we live our life and the way we step out. In the way we go into the world and make disciples, we actually get to do it out of a place of kindness. Not, not going after the root issue. Jesus went straight to the core of the issue, but he did it in a way that opened up a broken person. He didn't scoot around the truth. I had a conversation with someone this week and I didn't understand what they were talking about. And then later on, as the conversation, I just kind of ignored that. I'm like, I don't understand. But anyway, we'll keep going. And later on, they said, that's what I was alluding to. I'm like, can you just speak clearly? Okay, I was talking to my dad so I can talk a bit more <laughs> blunt with him. I'm like, just, just if, if that's what you're, don't allude, just, just speak clear. We have a saying, clear is kind. Sorry, Dad, if you're watching. Love you. But Jesus went to the core out of love and saw the breakthrough. The third thing I want to note in verse 26 is he reveals himself to the most unlikely in the most unlikely situation. This lady says to him, someone is coming. (laughs) I'm going to read it. Because this is so powerful. We need to get this. Verse 26. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Jesus said, I am he. Jesus didn't reveal himself in a church meeting. He didn't reveal himself in a prayer service. He didn't reveal himself when he was ministering to the multitudes. He revealed himself to a lady who was broken ahead of time. God reveals Himself. He doesn't need us to sing a song first. He doesn't need us to enter the building first. He doesn't need us to spend 10 hours of prayer first. He comes when He comes, when He's invited, when He's welcomed, when there's expectation there, He comes. We've got to debunk thoughts of God can't move in this street. God can't move in this conversation. God can move wherever He's welcome to move. Is that lady, she, she went, I know that he's coming and he opened himself up. And I believe that he opened himself up first to her before his own disciples. We need to be open to what God can do and not box him to no, he can't do. He can do way more than what we imagine. In times where we think he can't even do anything. We don't need to come here for him to move. He can do it everywhere and anywhere at any time. The fourth thing I want to highlight is a side note. Got nothing to do with sent ones, but I wanted to mention it. Verse 27, the disciples came, they returned and they were surprised him talking to a woman, but no one asked. What do you want or why are you talking with her? This is a side note. None of his disciples asked him a simple question They all just assumed, speculated, thought otherwise. They didn't actually say, Jesus, what are you doing talking to the lady? Let's be Christians that know how to ask questions. Ask God questions. 
Ask him, what are you doing? I don't understand what's going on in my life. I don't understand why I've prayed for this for so long and nothing's happening. Let's be people that ask great questions. I'm a big believer that question askers are important. I always tell my children, instead of cracking it, just ask a question. Just ask. You have to throw a tantrum. Just ask. We talk about it. I think so often we can throw a tantrum at God, not for any other reason, but we just need to ask him. We just need to use our words. The disciples didn't use their words. Oh, jeepers, Jude, how many times? Jude, use your words. You talk nonstop, except when you should be talking. Number five. Verse 30. One unlikely girl equals revival in one city. One unlikely girl. You've got to put this in context. She is, everyone knows her life. This is the city she lives in. It's a small town. Everyone knows what she's done. These last three points are so important and I'm not going to have time to finish the sermon because I looked. So we're going to do part B the next time I preach, which is probably in three months' time. Um, The town knew her, but yet they listened They knew her life. They knew her failures. They knew the decisions she made. They knew the mistakes she made. But when she went down to the town and spoke truth, they listened. I could almost guarantee that any time she opened her mouth previously, they just thought, eh, that's that lady who just makes failures. We can't trust her. We can't rely on her. We can't believe what she says. She just makes mistake, bad choice, mistake, bad choice time and time again. But yet when she spoke about her testimony of encountering Jesus, they listened. Wow. They listened. Probably the first time she spoke in decades and they listened. Why? Because there is power when you share what Jesus has done. People listen. We need to rise up, church, and know what we have is powerful and know what we share is powerful. We're talking about a lady who lost all credibility, but yet they listened and many believed. Oh my goodness. We keep quiet. Sorry, I, I'll speak on behalf of myself. I keep quiet because sometimes I think what I have to say isn't powerful, isn't relevant. I was raised in a church, never drunk, never smoked, never ran away from home, never made those kinds of bad choices teenagers did. And I think I don't make relevancy in the world today. But Jesus is relevant to everyone, regardless of whether they know it or not. When you talk about Him, truth is released. The Gospel is released. The encounter is released. The testimony is released. We carry this. 
the most unlikely example saw a revival in her city. The most unlikely voice saw it happen. I'd like to think I don't have that kind of reputation amongst my friends. And if she can do it, so can I. She carried the shame and everything else, but yet she did it. Point number six, and then I'm going to end it and we will continue another day. Point number six, and the last one's the best, so I'm going to leave on a suspensive note. (laughs) Jesus says to his disciples in verse 35, open your eyes. And this is where this message for this morning came from, this verse open your eyes. And I used to preach it in the sense of, used to preach it, it's like I spoke on it a thousand times once before. Um, I, I spoke on it once before about, look church, open your eyes, can't you see the harvest? And it's true, but it's talking about the contents of this girl released her testimony and as a result, they all came. Open your eyes. The reality is, is Christians... I'm going to do a general statement and then you water it down for your belief system, your personal thing. If Christians do their job of talking about Jesus, then the harvest is ready because all we need is Sue to go and tell someone and I can look and see the harvest is ready. All we need is Sam to go and tell someone and I get to look and see the harvest is ready. Could you imagine if every Christian is sharing and looking? Wow. Wow. Seriously. Imagine. We'd be in unity as a state, as a country and as a nation. If every Christian shared what Jesus had done in their life and then every Christian looked to see the harvest... Wow. Wow. That is my challenge right now. Let's be Christians. Let's be people that know. People that know what we've experienced, what we've heard, what we've encountered and go and tell people because there is power in that. There's authority in that. There is breakthrough in that. Jesus, I thank you so much for Echo Church. I thank you so much for this theme, Sent Ones. And we're saying yes to what you've put on our lives. Yes to what you've called Echo Church into, God. We're saying yes that we're going to be sharers of good news, which is the gospel. So we just pray, Holy Spirit, that this year, 22, is going to be a year that we're going to learn from your word, we're going to experience your presence and we're going to step out in faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.